that put you on a time and a half last time I was listening to David Miller. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I was like, fucking right, time and a half. And when Jack starts talking, I was like, back to normal when everyone else is so you, Are you this in my intro? <laughs> You've got to have a bit of an intro. <laughs> Hello, I hope you enjoyed the last episode with David Trunke. If you haven't already, make sure you check it out because today we are hopping on the back of that episode a little bit. We're speaking to Reggie Fasser. He is a resident here at the High Performance Centre. We talk about how it was to train with games athletes Emma Tal and David, who was here. We then go into the 2022 season, how he feels compared to last year, and he also reflects on his 22.1 performance as well. And finally, we wrap things up with which region he will be representing next at the JST regional events. Enjoy. That put you on a time and a half last time I was listening to David Miller. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, right, time and a half. Talking, I was like, back to normal when everyone else is so you, Are you this in my intro? <laughs> You've got to have a bit of an intro. <laughs> got to get people subscribed, bro. Um, right, we're here with Reggie and Steve in the High Performance Centre. Uh, we're going to talk to Reggie a little bit about how it was training with David and Emma. Um, and then going to this season a little bit more as well. So, how are we doing? Yeah, I'm good. I've uh, just got some caffeine down me there, like so. <laughs> These mics are going to do nada. <laughs> um, let's get straight into it. David and Emma were here yeah. for a week or so. Yeah. How was it having them down? Well, I had a little taste of um, what David was like in Miami first. <clears throat> and I remember turning up to the gym. And we went to meet meet at the gym and just everything he'd done from walking through the door to getting stuff out of his bag was just to the point like it was so professional. It was it was unreal. Like his warm ups, his his presence was just like fuck, you can tell he's there. Do you know what I mean? To do and he wasn't he wasn't even competing. He was, was like he was that. warming he was just warming us up. But just his presence being there would just it just set set the tone and set the standard of what every day of training and each session should be like. And it, it, like at the start, it wasn't really, um, I feel like it was a big deal because we're so far away from it. And then it just becomes the norm when you do it every day. And when you do it every session, you don't make a big deal out of it. You'd be like, all right, let's crack on with the warm-up. You don't make a big deal out of the warm-up. You just start moving. It doesn't have to be anything to flash or stick to any numbers. You just grease the groove of it. And then it just becomes on a reg in, in the norm, but you have to have someone like that where I feel that gives you that eye-opener and the reality check of where, what, <clears throat> it just it just proves that how he got to the games, just like no storm was on t- unturned. It wasn't a fluke and it wasn't down to what workouts came up or anything like that. It was it was just down to pure graft and hard work through everything he does. I think the right word to describe David in training as a coach in his day-to-day life, when you're going out and you're socialising, just how he thinks and how he works day-to-day is meticulous. They're just like, like I said, no stones left unturned. His clothes are crisp, clean, dry, ironed, like every part of him, is, everything's just like... How he talks meticulous. to you. Yeah. How he talks to you, yeah, like how he wants to get an uh, answer out of you, just to the point, he doesn't beat around the bush, he doesn't chat shit, but he listens as well, like when, if you've got anything to say, you'll, you, can, you can hear him like, listen, it sounds mad, but he like he's just so focused on what what you've got to say, and he appreciates any feedback you give him. Like 
when we've had some sessions this week, we'll go and do, but he just, he appreciated everything, everything I had to say to him. But I was nitpicking, like, like I can't, you, could, you couldn't give that to, to the normal, the normal athlete. Like, he wants that feedback of, like, where am I going wrong? Even though he's moving so fucking well to, like, the eye, but he, he, like, his feet were slightly coming out and he wasn't resetting, but it was just, like, by a couple of mil. And so he, he, need, he wants that feedback. And that's what it takes to, to get to the, the standard where, where he's been. And it just rubs off when them two are in a room together. You can just see, like, Emma's a bit more chilled with it. Um, when we when we done the the open workout from probably get into it from from last year, it's been totally different to this year. Um, just no, it wasn't really pressure last year. It was more because you didn't know where anyone had the cards. Everyone had cards close to the chest, and you didn't know where anyone else was doing everything through through lockdown. And you didn't know how hard, like if your work was going to be enough to to go through the next stage and the stage after that. So. Every, we got quite ramped up for, for the Open last year and um, we dialed in things like the warm-ups, what were we doing? It was good to repeat the warm-up for, for the Monday, just to dial that in for the quarterfinals and just hit the workout with another a different tactic. <coughs> but this year, this time around, got to do it against with, with Emma and um, we were just so chill. Like, we weren't bothered about anyone else's score. We didn't watch David's um, do his. We just... Just cracked on one with fucking wall. She played with chalk out there, drawing lines all over the floor. And um, yeah, we just hit it with. I gave her a bit of chat beforehand, like, and then went arse over to over the box. Like, <laughs> but, uh, I just want to pull things back first to um, like what you, you what what you were saying about David. And I probably got that that eye opener when I, we went to Iceland. Yeah, and we were training with Bjorken. Right, and you just watching him, and you can just see like. How he warms up, how he's you know kind of outside of the training session before you've even started training. Yeah, you can just see it's it's just like they've got an aura about them a little yeah. bit. Yeah, um, you'll probably know you know even more than me, especially because you train with the Open in the lead up to the games uh, a couple of years before. Yeah, it's just like yeah, it's it is it's like an, an aura, but you can just you can tell and you can sense that from that aura. That his whole like everything he thinks about, every action he's taking within his life, is geared towards like his training and his performance. So when it when it is turning up for training, it's like you can tell that this next two hours is the most important two hours of his life, or like however long that training session is going to go for. Like that's at the forefront of his mind and, and at David's mind, Jorgen's mind, um, and. He's going to make sure that you know he makes every second and every minute count within that training session, well, and and every second, every minute of each day. Um, like I say, no no stone uh, left unturned because they know how fine the margins are when you yeah. get up to the top. So whether it's qualifying or whether it's getting on the podium, whether it's winning the competition, they know that it's made up of many many like fine lines. Yeah. That's when we talk about um, inches, like inches that are are everywhere. From your warm up for each session, from when you go home, from when you prep the food, like every little bit of detail, every extra little bit of detail is an, is another inch, and that ex, that inch then puts you that little bit closer to the performance and yeah. the performance, which are so like tightly like, knitted across like the, the field of when you're competing. Yeah, so cutthroat like in itself, anyways. And I had a 
bit of a hot heart with David, like with, with stress outside of training. And we went through the same kind of stress outside of training. And, and he just talked to me about um, how it's not good for your body. Like it's hard to gauge stress because you can't see it. You can't, you can feel it, but it's not like, it's not like doms. Do you know what I mean? You can't feel like, oh, I've done them backies yesterday. My legs are quivering today. Yeah. It's not, it's not like that. But he's learning about filling different cups up and he went into detail about it. And it just, like, the, th- the thing that we do for a job now is stressful in itself. Like, you put yourself through training and it's stressful. Like, the the exertion where you do with your body and everything outside of training. And you, I think he said it in the podcast last time about people, where, was it, where did I say it? About on Instagram where you, you look, you're following all these other people and just the highlight reel. Like, that's another stress. And then, Stressing for sponsorships, stressing for co- competing, like to make it to make it easy as possible. You don't want any more stress outside of what you've got to do in the gym. And he was just going into detail about things, but you're just focusing on just training and making it as easy as possible for you. And you just it was a great eye opener and have conversations like oh. I think I think from that as well, a lot of people before you just said those couple of things, a lot of people probably would have been like stress like what stress have you got outside of training and it's actually like there are plenty of things outside of training that you've still got to be on top of and aware of um and the other thing i'd probably add to that is because you're after all those little inches that maybe a lot of people on a a daily basis you know they'll just let that inch go like you've got to relevant to those people yeah yeah, to some extent. Yeah. So I feel like that's kind of a, an important point to make is, you know, the stresses, even if they're maybe a less than, like, maybe someone with, like, a a normal life, in inverted yeah. commas, like, it's high, I feel like it's heightened. I think it's relative. It's, it's relative stress. Yeah. Um, because, you know, the stress that you go through, the stress that I go through, the stress that you go through, we all feel at some point in our day-to-day life like stress, like we feel the stress, yeah. whether it's physical stress because you're doing five hours of training or it's mental stress because you've got the expectation that you yep. want to hit every one of these snatches in a snap session and like you pile like that amount of expectation and it means that much to you, it's it's a highly stressful thing and it's, and it's not saying that stress is a bad thing, mm-hmm. like sometimes you need that strength, that stress to get the performance or yeah. get that adaptation, like we go through the deadlines with work like for us that's also that same level of importance so it's also like equally as yeah. stressful looking after a, a child is equally yeah. it's just all relative yeah. stress and I think it is people will say like what have we got to stress about like yeah. literally a full time crossfit but it's <coughs> different people's lives everyone will always have like yeah. the same relative level of yeah. stress and they'll always find that, that level of stress even if like people's opinion of that level of stress is like not stressful to them. Yeah, it's I feel like to other people. when when I when I was working full time, I feel like it was not a de-stress, but it distracted you away from training because you couldn't you didn't have time to think about training. You didn't have time to think about your warm ups or things like that. So it was a different kind of stress. Like the only thing I stressed about was in like how much training can I do tonight. But it, it gives us like excitement to go to the gym, and I, I couldn't wait to get there. But whereas when you've got all day to train is a different kind of stress because you've still got to do the work. You've still from you've got time to do the warm ups, you've got time to do your mechanics and things like that, but you've still got to do it. Like it's just not like oh, you've got to 
you've still got to put the work in and, and, and do all the movement stuff. And a couple of weeks goes by, like novelty, novelty's gone by that. Like you, you get your, you get your new mechanic stuff and um, you wake up early a few days a week and you're buzzing. But then after a couple of weeks, novelty's gone. So then, when, then what do you rely on? You just got, you got to keep grinding. Discipline. At it. Yeah, yeah, discipline. But um, I want to like Bjorn for came up with Post a good quote yeah, the other day as well, didn't they? He said, um, someone, someone asked, asked him, How do you stay motivated? And he said, I'm way beyond motivation. It's just discipline that makes me turn up. Yeah, it was, it was, it was class that. The boy talks some sense. You should get him on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> on, the, on the stress note, for, for me, I, you, you uh, said the other day that when we were at regionals back in 2018, like I was doing a little bit of work, maybe yeah. or something on, on like yeah. Friday or the Saturday night. And I've always found for myself that if I've got a little bit more stress on myself, I actually perform perform better. So another example of that for myself is when I was at uni and I was working at Lidl as well as doing my master's, my results were better than in the second um, semester when I jacked in the job at, Ald- <laughs> at Lidl yeah. and I was just doing the work and yeah. I, I felt like, with that added little bit of stress and that routine that it gave, like made me have to have, I actually did better and like performed better. Yeah. I feel like you, you're more productive with your time when you get when you when you're tight against it. Yeah. Because you know you don't mess about with your days. And like I was saying when I when I was working for my dad, like I, as soon as I got up, I was on the minute. Like, and if my dad got up when I was still in the house, I knew I was late for work because he would be getting up at like half seven. And then he knows I haven't left until half seven and I need to be at the yard for quarter eight. So I needed to be out of the house before he'd even woke up. So as soon as I heard him, I was like, oh shit, I'm late for work now. I need to get out of here because he's going to know I'm going to be late for work. But it puts you on, it just makes you on, on, on the button a bit more with, with everything. And um, a bit of from last year, after semi-finals and that, I felt like I got a bit lazy with, with my time. Um, and a bit lax and inconsistent with when I was training, what times I was training, and I, I liked I liked getting up early and doing morning sessions and feeling like set you up for the day. Um, it, made, it made you go to bed earlier because you knew that you were going to get up at seven, be at the gym for half seven. You're either going to be knackered being at the gym for half seven, or you're going to be you're going to be fresh to go. So it made you have that discipline to go to bed on a night time earlier and. And it just set you up for the whole week ahead. Whereas the back end of the last last year, I was just all over the shop with my times, and I'd be training, I'd be, I'd be off field, and I didn't, I didn't like that kind of routine. But I think what um, you know, I think what used to help us in those in those situations, uh, and potentially, I don't know, is your your opinion. This what has made that easier. Now we've got our own facility, and you've got like regular training partners or people to be around for example this week what well, last week david and emma this week phil roy's here for the full week yeah um and when, when we were training together and we had a, a training crew it was like right well it, the, the chat before the end of the last day was always what time are we in tomorrow 7 a.m yeah. yeah 7 a.m mom everyone turned up yeah and that one little thing where right jack's turning up jack's <laughs> driving from manchester for the 7 a.m session i get all these other guys are driving from different areas wigan Liverpool, whatever. Everyone's coming for seven AM. So it's a non-negotiable yes. seven AM session that now because every, yeah. like it's been agreed. Yeah. You're kept accountable by yeah. the training partners, which then that passes on down. Like right, 
So for me to get to that 7 a.m. class and perform well, because we're going to be performing against like yeah. some high-level yeah. athletes, I need to go to bed at 9 o'clock. Before I need to go to bed, I need to have my pre-bed shake, and I need to have my tea, and I need to have my fuel, and like, and then it kind of like it sets that routine. Yeah, it sets um, the tone, especially with the, the caliber of athletes you train with day to day. Like we were, we, were, we were on it because we knew we were going to be training with David every morning, and I was like, I made sure my cocoa pops were ready from the morning after session. Like everything was prepped, ready to go. So all the only thing I had to do in the morning was brush my teeth if I was feeling like it. <laughs> I can get up and go and do training with them. <laughs> I think there's a lot to be said, like, as, as lessons, uh, like, after, let's say, this year's season, when you have a bit of time off to a bit chill, whenever that part is, as, like, to get back into the routine, it's like, that's how you get back yeah. into the routine, it's like, you keep yourself accountable yeah. with the people you got around you, yeah. and that's where everyone's job is to keep everyone else accountable in here, so that we all kind of, like, move in the same um, direction. We talked a little bit about what David kind of brought when he came over here and you spending a little bit more time with him. What about Emma? What 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 is it you took from Emma from when she was here and what a loser? Is there anything specific that uh, kind of like I took loads from her like last last season when she how she qualified for the games, like to, to go through what she went through was just unbelievable. Like I thought I went through it like a little bit and I got penalties like she got it next level and she came back and competed and then banged the last chance and then went to the games and put that performance like that mentality is just and you see it through training like nothing phases her in training like <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know how I, I'll ask her how she's feeling no I'm like I'm sore and I'm like Em how are you feeling she's like I'm okay. And I'm just like, no phaser. She'll give me the same answer. Not if we do like GHD Annie. She'll be like, yeah, my, my abs are sound. I'm like, it's, um, we spoke about this on David's podcast about the emotional minds and like the um, literal, just like taking the facts, man. And she was on that side of like, it's a yes or no, black and white answer, like every every time. And David was more towards the other, other side of like taking his his feel his, his feels as he said into play and like his emotions and just like like to making his decision off all of them and then they brought each other into the middle. Yeah. Um and I feel like you'd be on the same side as, yeah, as we David. Did. We did like, we did speak about that. We yeah. um we had the training session with some round robins and we showed them the round robins in our program some handstand push ups and uh dumbbell snatch and then uh, I think David programmed Devil's Press and Bar Muscle Ups. And then we were pretty wrecked after the, the, the them, them two two sets. I think it was four sets of each. And everyone was like, get ready to call it. And like David and Tay were getting ready to call it. And I was like, what are you on about? Because I was like, we'll do three. And I was like, we're doing <laughs> yeah. another round robin here. And we haven't done toes to bar yet. And they, they were like, no, no, we're done, we're done, we're done. And I was like, no, no. The thing is, we're doing toes to bar right now. I was like, right. And I was like, square them up. Different options how we're doing this toes to bar. I was like, we're doing toes to bar with someone, or we're just doing toes to bar round robin. And I was like, pick the intensity. And like David, I could see them both like, I don't really want to let him do toes to bar without me doing the toes to bar. So you could see them sneakily putting their grips back on. I was like, right, I'm starting on this rig now. Who's after me? And he said to me after, he's like, I'm so glad you made me do that. He's like, because I, I, I could do it, but he's like, he's more on the cautious side with, I think it might be enough like injuries and things like that. He's just a bit more cautious with things like that, where his, I'm on the other spectrum. I've, I've probably run myself too far into the ground off it. 
and I think he brings me and we'll bring each other close to the middle of, of, of a good balance with overtraining and getting yeah. things done not too cautiously. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's, it's true and I think you both, you both would be, you'd pay off. It'd be interesting to see you both training together for six months on where like, where would you both lie then on that spectrum? Like, would one of you like bring the other closer to their side? Or, the dark side. Or, uh, but, uh, like talking back about Emma, I think everyone in CrossFit can learn. I think it's, it's like I say, it's quite a um, Swedish maybe mentality, but maybe it's just, just Emma's mentality. It's just like it's just head down and she gets the job done. Whether yeah. she's been given um, penalty, like she's been told she's qualified for the games and then she's not, and she's been given yeah. a two and a half minute penalty for um, some deadlifts. She's just like, right, okay, and it's just like, well, last chance to qualify, I'll just. I'll just do that and I'll, I'll win that instead yeah. and then I'll qualify for the game. So it's just like, you can tell she can just keep the blinkers on yeah. and just really not let this external, like this, all this external information which doesn't have an effect. She could let it have an effect on her, but yeah. she doesn't. I think um, emotional intelligence is the, is the key to it. Isn't it? She, doesn't, she, doesn't, she doesn't moan as well. Like, I've yeah. never heard her once say like, oh, I'm sore, like, oh, I'm like, <sighs> David probably has a different um, opinion on that. No, no she, doubt. Like, I've never heard her once yet, yet moan. Like she just, yeah. it's like one job at a time, and she'll just tick, tick the sessions off like that. And if how she moves with being fucked at the end of her workout or the start of the workout, she moves the same throughout. Like when we do, we I was watching her do the, so when we done that hard emon, and David just posted it. So it was echo bike. Thirty box jump overs and row, and you pick your numbers. And you had forty-fourth minute was rest, forty-minute imam. And the girls started first, and then we went two minutes after them. And I watched how Emma set off for the thirty box jumps, and it was race pace. I think she'd done fourteens all the way through, and every one of them, I was like, I was like, oh, that's that's fast. I was like, is she getting giddy here first round? I was like, it's fast pace. She held that pace all the way through. It was just, it was just relentless. And our feet, our feet positioning from standing up, jumping over the box, coming down, everything was the same. And the, the, they'll do that with everything in training. With like, so I was, I was telling David, like, so fine tuning with skills now. Well, I've, I've been through some with Steve, like starting a double under straight away instead of starting a single under, double under. Yeah, it's like it's like half a second, but that half a second adds up if you're doing back-to-back rounds it's, it's, it's quick quick double unders or things prime, like that prime example of that <laughs> FRF Worlds there was uh, 10 rounds it was it was bar muscle ups uh, no it was gymnastic complex into 30 double unders but heavy rope double unders so I'd be jogging in between stations but every like you know transition I was making where I was jogging David would make it back on the heavy double unders by going straight into the doubles. And I was like, fuck's sake, like, fucking jogging here between. So you're working harder. Yeah. Than <coughs> than it. You're working harder and he's working smarter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like you say, it's that when you get to a certain level, it's like, rather than just working as hard as pos- possibly can, yeah. you do need to start working smarter. Yeah, fine tuning, like your skills of like how you start workouts, like that things like people probably don't even think about. So I, I do burpees probably the same way around. I do a burpee every time. Like David does them. He'll, he'll pick one side of the wall in the gym and he'll not move from that one side of the wall. And 
I was at Arsenal. I was like, I, was like, I get it um, muscle-wise, you, you're alternating, bringing up with the hip flexors and things like that. You're alternating each leg coming up. And he's like, a, di- a different perspective why he does it is because in a competition, he, a judge was, he didn't know English and he, and he, was just, he could just see how many reps he was counting for, from, from his mouth. So he had to face that judge there and then. So he wasn't spinning around in a circle and not seeing how many he was on. He was just, so he was doing vertical box jumps or vertical over the bar and he was just facing the judge every time. Like, little things like that, like, that would get you stressed. If, if you weren't used to that in training and then you had to revert to that, you'd be like, what's going on? You, couldn't, you, you won't be able to perform because you'd be like, well, I can't see what, you, what, you, what you're counting and you get yourself flustered, you know what I mean? And um, just, just having them around, being able to fine-tune like, the, the detail like that just just levels you up it's like, it's like free fitness because yeah you've got to take a bit of a sacrifice and, and learn it but it's not hard to do it's not it feels, ex, it's not it feels extra. like more effort yeah and it's more mental effort to yeah. do and stick to than it actually is yeah. to, to do it and stick to yeah, it. i remember you tried it you, but we well, when we were doing the double unders we would always do one double yeah, under and then you only started doing it last yeah. year and you were I, like I how many years of my i, I can't undo it now without going straight in but it is, it's good. And do you know what's good about like CrossFit as well is that that attention to detail gets finer and finer as the years go on. Because like, because back in you know, 2012 to 18, that single under didn't, didn't make a difference. It was like, it was kind of like too far ahead of the line. Yeah. But now as things get finer and you know, all the, there's maybe a bigger pool of athletes yeah. that are at that level, there's more... Uh, need for the, that extra yeah. mile to get that every little, every little yeah, inch. People every might have not went unbroken back then, do you know what I mean? And you could make it up by going unbroken. Yeah, yeah, Whereas yeah. now, people are going unbroken. Yeah. So, like, where are you getting inches on people? It's like, like speed of your double unders. Yeah. And then it's, yeah, take out the single under. Yeah. And Transitions. Got, like, how quick can you pick the rope yeah. up and go into the first Where one you place the place place Yeah. It's like, it all, it all adds up, especially when it gets, as the sport it's, gets, goes on. Yeah. And you think about you think about CrossFit as well and the amount of exercise in CrossFit. And we've just then rattled off potentially five things about double unders. And double unders is probably now one of the, like, the most simple skills. Like, use that, that same approach to every single exercise, to every single workout, and you start going into this whole new world of, like, of oh, you're the detail that you, can, that you can go into. And I think that's when we were talking about your normal person who's just kind of like doing CrossFit and they wanted to get a bit better, but um, like bang for buck for them is maybe like doing a proper warm-up or eating properly yeah like bang for the buck for people that are trying to get to the crossfit games is where do you place your double under yeah do you take out the first rep yes like the level of detail just goes like much finer the higher higher you go but you don't even notice it because you're just watching them do the, the movement like when you're up there and then you see like i remember when french throw down and i watched yonna do it was I think we had 10 rounds. It was sumo deadlift high pulls and um, went into shoulder overhead. So I watched him. He smoked everyone. He beat, like, I think the best score by by a minute. And those fit boys there. You had Willie George. You had all these big, big athletes there. And I watched him do it. And he stopped. So I think it was the rep scheme was 11 and 10 or 10 and 10. I'm not sure. Every, every time on the sumo deadlift high pulls, so he'd have a narrow grip. You do nine reps, stop, drop the bar, pick it up, at a shoulder width apart, do another high pull, bang it straight into a hand, uh, a hand power clean, 
bam, unbroken shoulder overheads. And he just went back to back. Whereas I just went full tilt from me off. 10 sumo dev high poles, dropped the bar, narrow grip, shoulder overhead. And I was just wrecked. And like the way he done it was just, he didn't work any harder than he needed to do. Yeah. He just, he still pushed the pace, but it just, it was so much smarter. Talking about working smarter, let's reflect a little bit on 21.1, 22.1. Yeah. And how you thought it went for you. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've watched your video back or not. Uh, I don't know if you had any immediate thoughts after you did it or Steve, you judged him as well, didn't you? Um, how did you think it went? Yeah, I thought it went. Um, all right. Uh, didn't get, like I was saying before, me and Emma were going through warm up. It wasn't really amped up. It wasn't a word you could get like yourself, like, let's go, because the movements weren't like as exciting as what, like a thruster or a chest of bar and things like that. Um, so, but was, I enjoyed the work. I didn't, I didn't think I really, would have enjoyed it as much as I did because it was, it was a good, it was a good workout. It was a good test. But how I approached it with, I've never really done step down on the box jumps. So it was a bit of a new, trying to get into that routine of stepping down and make sure you, your lateral, so you're stepping down with a different legs each time. It was a bit new, but you picked up very quick in the workout. Um, where could I have made up time in it? So I think straight away after watching your video back and then you telling me that you've never really practiced like step downs so much before, I'd be like, you could definitely, after watching, like sharpen that up yep. straight away. Yep. And like, like we just spoke about then, it's just practicing sometimes different techniques, like you said with burpees yep. before, just spending a little bit of time on those different techniques because you never know yep. when you're going to need them. Yeah. Um, and I have no doubt, obviously, after if you if you did that workout again, you'd easily beat your score from what oh, you did yeah. first time round. Um, but after you saying that, that's straight away one way where I'd be like, well, in training, yeah. we know that we probably should practice that yeah. at some point going I forward. Go, again, we apply it to every um, exercise. And you'll say about being able to have different gears for every exercise that you do, whether it's toaster bar and doing them like slow and efficient, the longer. Yeah. Yep. Or do you then just like shorten the kip and the range of motion and you do the fast cycle ones? Uh, like for burpees, it's a really easy one to be able to do. Is you jump with two legs and you bounce off the floor or do you step up and heel yourself off the floor. But to be able to have like like one, two, three, maybe four different gears of speed or and technique for every exercise means that you can just like, you can adjust and apply it to any workout straight away. And then... You know what you're saying about like, if you repeated that workout yesterday, you'd get better. But you don't get the chance to repeat it in semi-final. Exactly. So yeah. like, if you have got that, that dialed in, where you've got four different styles of doing every yeah. exercise, you might start off with the wrong technique, but you know because you've dialed it in, it's like, well, I've got these other three techniques. Because of the exercise that that's come after, I'm going to go to this technique to, yeah. to save myself. Like having a throttle on just yeah. on everything. It's, it's, it's a skill that. skill in itself having a, being able to have a throttle on things because people will have they'll have one extreme or the other they'll have like full tilt or the, yeah. the survival mode and it's and it's hard to have like the different gears going, going through it's easy to go fast and it's easy to go really slow but having that 90% gear is, is a skill yeah. and knowing that you're, you're not working at full tilt and you're still moving at a decent pace with, with purpose is, is a skill in itself and having that through of all the movements of CrossFit is, is, is hard work. Like, yeah. Also, to be able to change technique when you're at like you're at near max fatigue in an, at the end of a workout, to yeah. be able to change it to pick up the pace or 
to keep the pace. You just need to adjust something. Yeah. Um, yeah, from being like doing the same rep over and over and over. I remember, in fact, Randy in 2015 when it was uh, muscle, 75 muscle snatches. I was training and I'd just gone muscle snatches the whole way. I didn't really practice like power snatches because I just thought it was a slower thing and it was more, but it burned my legs out more. And like 60 reps in, I realized that I was basically like power cleaning, strict pressing. It's like, I need to power snatch this weight now. I tried to power snatch the weight and it nearly landed in my fucking teeth. <laughs> so I was just like, oh, I'll just go back to muscle snatching. But because I, I couldn't, yeah. I didn't have the skill to change from like muscle snatching to 60 odd reps under huge fatigue. And then suddenly just like whipping out power snatch and still moving at the same yeah. pace. And then I actually started slowing down. Um, but yeah, like applying that to everything at any point. I think that's the difference between a lot of the top athletes. Yeah, at totally. yeah. I love you SpongeBob SquarePants moment as well. <laughs> <laughs> when I, literally, I, that happened and I started laughing at myself for, for the, a good three reps and I was wrecked because I was like, I had this smirk on my face. I was like, what? <laughs> but if, so if this, if that had happened, I think, you know, this time last year, you would have been more fuming at oh, yourself yeah. that it happened. Yeah. But I feel like... This year, I, I don't know, you seem a little bit different going yeah, into the I was, I was totally more relaxed, but I, I, I totally get it. I would have been like, I'd be like, I'm stopping working out again because I've just lost time and things like that. Whereas, just get up and get on with it. Like, it's one of them. So, so what, what, what's changed this year then? Like, what have you learned from last year that you're coming into this season with? Um, on the GST post, the East Post on Instagram, not, uh, was it last week? about if you should do a redo or not. And it was about having beans for the right time to have to, to give it. And I felt last year, as running out, I was running on fumes a bit, going, going into semi-finals and just letting adrenaline take over and the hype and things like that. And that thought that was going to get me through. And I didn't really have much, like on the Gretel workout, I, I was. I remember doing the burpees. I was like, I didn't have that like ready like to go hard on them. And I was just like, eh. I was like, I felt fit, but I just didn't have that. I was like ninety percent. I, I didn't have like an urgency to like bang myself off the ground. And I got the same score as what I did when one when it was in the whiteboard workout. And uh, it was just so raining it in for this year <clears throat> and let everyone fill the egos up with the first three weeks of the open. Um, and then showcasing when I'm, when it's the right time and quarterfinals it isn't even going to be the right time like yeah you've still got to do a number but I know that we're going to quarterfinals whatever comes up we're qualifying for semi-finals but in, and not getting if it's going to get ramped up it's going to be more than the open but it's just still another stepping stone to, yeah. to semi-finals and then that's when we're turning up I, th I think the other thing as well last year is because you made the move from obviously you know balancing training with other stuff to kind of full-time training I feel like you put a lot of expectations on yourself last year and it was it was one of them where it's your first year like it's, it's almost like you know you've got to try like make it work but at the same time because it's your first year giving it a go like having those expectations on yourself you know it, it probably just took its toll a little bit too much yeah. didn't it yeah do you have them same expectations on yourself this year, or um, feel? I probably do, but just short in a different way, and mm -hmm. um, not 
as much um, so I say like on the gram and that like really easy for it's it's hard when uh, last year I felt like I had to prove it to, to other people because I didn't want people to think like oh he's failed do you know what I mean whereas this year it's just I'll prove to yourself but um, probably more though, I would say I don't know if you agree or not that you're more confident with yourself so you don't feel like you need to prove it to yourself or other people yeah like it's just more about like doing it now yeah rather than proving to people that yeah. you can do it if that yeah. makes sense I don't know if you'd agree with that yeah that's how, that's how it feels yeah. cool I um I know we didn't talk about this topic but I think a really interesting part of David's podcast and I think maybe a bit of a theme that we should have going forward is people's upbringing and um kind of what they went through from when they were like five to 16 and how that's formed them as a person and like their personality and, and like how that's then translated into their training attitude as well yeah um because david's was like with his with his father and how his father like spoke to him and ex- the expectation that his father had like he showed him everything that david was about hmm. um I think about myself and i feel like yeah it's coming from my parents yeah um, and my upbringing so it'll be interesting to see like what was it like what was Reggie doing when he was like five years old like, what was kind of like the household that he grew up in the school that he went to the attitude that was like around do you want to save this for another full podcast yeah I think I think if that'd be it we'd end up being another hour <laughs> yeah we'll probably we'll, 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 we'll do another I've teased you now so <laughs> you are well and truly um, we, we definitely will do that We'll release that as another. Yeah. Um, last thing I wanted to just touch on was you came to the Northern Regional, regional event yeah. at CrossFit Hoosham. <laughs> um, like, how was that? Because I know being here, you're somewhat isolated from the rest of the yeah. GST community to some to some extent. Yeah. So how how was that kind of actually being able to go, you know, back into back into it yeah it was bit. a bit more normality in it when you sit when you get surrounded by with just normal normal prospects not like full-time ones when yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah it was class it was it was bouncing it was it was rammed like how many people was super, i think you were a bit shocked as well when you <laughs> and we had to get another whiteboard out over everyone's names on like. but um yeah it was really good it's just good to show off your work in front of like the other GST athletes, do you know what I mean? Because everyone's doing the same work and it's just, I feel like the, a lot of them look up to you and you can tell that because they chew dugs off at the end, like they're just rattling off questions. But um, You look like you're enjoying that though, yeah, to be yeah. fair. I you think, were there for a good hour I, or so I, after. Dolphins show. were flying. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we were just doing a max set with Ali with uh, rig muscle-ups. Um, yeah, it was good. It was a really good day out. You, you don't get the, the training volume what, what we would do on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit of a step down with the volume and how much you do, yeah. but it makes up for the intensity. Like because I was wrecked after them Chester bar. Do you um, like turning up to those events and like, keeping your ego side, like knowing full well that you're like people are expecting you to like lift heavy or get the fastest time in the workout no. or like you know do the biggest sets on the ring muscle ups. How is your approach to those days? Like, how do you approach those days with like that bit of expectation? How, how similar is that? Like, 
approach to those training days to like a competition, for example? Um, a bit different the competition, but just showing people there that like not that you know better than them, but just like you'll set the tone first. So Jack Jack asked who wanted to go first in the, in the workouts. Yeah. But a lot of everyone else was a bit like, who's gonna who's gonna watch my score? And I, I think I was one of the first ones. Jack was like, yeah, I'll go first. Like yeah. I'm not asked what people are gonna beat my score. I'd rather just set the tone. I think I was like that in semi finals as well. I was just like, I'll go first. I'm not asked. Um, but it is a good buzz to be around because people not idolise you, but when they look up to you and they'll be like, <laughs> they'll ask. So it started off with like 50 wall walls, 50 deadlifts. They're like, what are you doing? And I was like, well, what do you mean what we're doing? I was like, there's only one thing we're doing. We're going on broken and we can't. And uh, just, sh- just show, show off a bit. Do you know what I mean? Just to, to show yeah. what, what, what is possible. And um, I think people people buzz off it like because then they'll see, then they'll see the levels. They'll be like, he's just done 50 wall walls and he's went to 50 deadlifts and broken. When really when, when we're surrounded by it, it becomes the, it becomes the norm, yeah. And then you go and show off your work there, and people are like the proper buzz off it, like, and that feels like it motivates them to, yeah, to show show the levels what, what what's possible. But um, yeah, banging days out. Um, I feel I felt like when when it first started, it was it was super Saturdays, and I and I remember saying I don't know if I said it to Steve, I was like, I was like, I could I could burn out because of how regular it is, but because now it's like once a month, like people are like cancelling that weekend for the month they're like oh, nah 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 we can't do anything that weekend like people are like, going out with the missus like yeah we've got a date date night then I was like nah nah cancel the date night we're going to regionals days you know what I mean like, and it just you can build the hype over a few weeks and I like the the rivalry what everyone what everyone's creating with the, the north east south you can get them little fairies down there they can get large ones like I was getting my back up like fucking Philroy was getting called out I was like one more person calls Philroy I'm going to get on their ground but um, yeah, it's, it's a good bit of crap, and I feel like it's what it's what I needed to um, just perk people up for a, a good a good solid day's training. Like it's really good. It's good, and you know, similar in a way where you know what we're talking about with David being here, where you kind of learn a lot of things about from David and Emma because they're like well, they're a few years Top older, but they're maybe like I wouldn't say that you're in the same generation of athletes now, but like they've been there for the previous generation and they've been up competing. For, for longer like you're looking up and learning things from them and then the same you feel like down. You to, yeah you go to regionals event and you're now yeah. that person that they're looking up to so then you're passing on things and that's one of the main reasons that we set up the regionals is is not just so that we get people together um it's so that people can learn from turning up and going to these events and like whether it's whether it's you that's there or it's philroy that's there or someone's going to pick something up from what you guys yeah. do and then then they do it, and then someone's going to pick it up from them doing it, and all in all, like the level just gets raised up because of like who you're around. Yeah. Call it osmosis or whatever you want to call it, but it's the RBE. It's that yeah, RBE, RBE like yeah. just passing on nuggets that you don't necessarily learn from an Instagram post. You don't learn them from like going go doing an degree. You sometimes don't learn them even at a competition. Yeah. In that training atmosphere where things are a little bit kind of more low key, you can have that conversation, and like you're happy to like. Answer these questions yeah. in this training environment. Like, was um, time. I was saying about the warm ups with, with David, like, yeah, so the heart rate stuff for me, like, yeah, I'll warm up for my for, for lifting, and I think most people will just mobilize. And, but for my heart rate stuff, I didn't really take it seriously for 
for, for, for warm-ups. And then he came and showed me, and obviously you take it as much serious as everything else. And I feel when you go to them days, and because I haven't seen everyone, you'll see everyone like tuning lugs off, and there's conversations going on every day. And I think the first thing we done when we got there, me, Sean, Tay, and Oaks, we just started warming up. We, we got on the machine, started moving, started doing lunges, and that was the first thing what, what we done. And I feel like people were like, oh, is that... So you, you don't just do that at a competition. You don't just do that when you do you lift like a lifting session. Like you do this day to day and, 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 and like shows. Relating back to another podcast, that Johnny Wilkinson one, he said, you know, maybe taking it to the extreme, but he puts as much effort in doing the washing as he does, you know, yeah. in his rugby training. And it's like you put as much effort into your warm up as you do when you're actually, you know, full flow in your middle of your snatches or whatever it yeah. is. Uh, that was the first thing I wanted to touch on. And then the second thing was, going back to regional events, is that obviously, like, say, for example, you, at a regional event, do, you know, 30 ring muscle-ups unbroken. Some young lad or other person is going to look at that and think, wow, that is possible now. Like, yeah. my max yeah. at the moment is 15. Like, I'm going to try and bang, you know, 20-plus yeah. here, yeah. see what I can do. I mean, like, like, seeing it on, on a video, like, you can't relate. You see it in real life. It's, it's much more powerful, like, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because you can see them. You've seen them how they warm up. You've seen that they've done all the work. It's not just like they've just been fresh for that. Like it just shows what's possible there and then. Yeah, and it's much more relatable. Yeah, cool. Um, which regional event are you going to next? I think it's the south one, like southeast. I've got to pull them out. The southeast. Pull, pull them out the shit, like you know what I Steve, where are you going? Uh, I'm going down to Wales, Wales. which is a uh, uh, penny pump. Penny pump, yeah. Bacon's place. Yeah. So Steve's so. down there. Awesome. Where I'm up, I'm up in Method Training yeah. in Newcastle. Nice. Still I'm going to say hello to your dad. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be interesting to see the north, because obviously it's a bit of a trek from here, isn't it? I know mm-hmm. we've got our athletes that are mainly based here. Like, maybe people have got a chance there to catch up to northern grafters. Potentially. Because they might not be able to get everyone. Yeah. The usual crowd like up that oh, far, so might have to sandbag some scores down there. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> eight, 85 kilo clean, <laughs> <laughs> just bang, bang another snatch in there. Be like, oh, that's the one. <laughs> cool. cool, thanks, Reg. It's good yeah. for chat. And like Steve teased, we'll uh go into a bit more of a deep one next time. Yeah, with your, with your back up, bring it up. Cheers, thanks, guys. Today was another great conversation. A big thanks to Reggie and co-host Stephen Fawcett as well. If you enjoyed this podcast, please will you follow, subscribe and share this on your social media. We got some great feedback from the last episode with David Trunke. A couple, first one is from Lucy Ambro. I've always watched you three closely. Too much knowledge every time. That last bit when Trunke said about the timeline of getting better is what I needed to hear today. Thanks so much, Lucy, for the feedback. I, I know that little nugget at the end really helps a lot of people and his thoughts on Emma and how she gets the most out of every training session, no matter how she feels. I know a lot of people got um, got a lot from that as well. Another uh, review from Jamie Harrop. Unreal podcast, this. So many great insights, 100% worth a listen Shrunky's voice is also very comforting, although it might just be because of the contrast between the other two harsh northern tones.
Thanks for that, Jamie. We'll try and work on that. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed today and see you next time.